No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And GameTime is not just for sports. Tickets for Martin Lawrence, Diana Ross, Reba McIntyre. I searched for ASAP Rocky and found someone by the name of ASAP Ferg. So head over to Game Time as soon as possible. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. My aunt! I got a lot of, I got hairy legs. World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. I'm Jay Skeets, alongside me, as always, Tass Miller. Yes, sir. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm. And last, certainly not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Happy Friday to everyone out there. It is the Drop Podcast here, the final show of the week. But before we get into it, Follow us on social media, guys, both Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. We were beach-stepping yesterday. That podcast is up and now available to download. That was a wild one. That was a classic right there. (laughs) I mean, every show is a classic, but this was a classic classic. Download and listen to that one just to hear Lee... Name cricket players. <laughs> Give us one right now. Rami's Raja. Amir Sahel. Sexy. Javed. Me and Dad. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, Too sexy. <laughs> so, yeah, that Beach Steppin' podcast is up and uh, ready to listen to. And keep your questions coming. Keep them coming all week long, all throughout the weekend, as we get ready for our next one next week. And finally, some big news, guys. Here on a Friday, our first T-shirt is officially for sale. Woo! Wow. It's a classic No Dunks white logo tee. Just in time for the holiday season. 25 bucks plus shipping. So buy one for yourself. <laughs> buy one for yourself. Buy one for a friend. Buy one for a lover. Buy one for a stranger. Buy, f- buy one for the, the best cricket player you know out there. Ooh. If you hate us, buy one and burn it. Yeah. But tag us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Go to nodunks.com right now. That bad boy is live. You can go get some No Dunks merch. Start repping for us. Yeah. Love. I would love to see you guys tagging at No Dunks Inc. You know, on Twitter and Instagram, wearing the No Dunks tee during the holiday season. That would be That'd be fun. huge. Chef's kiss. So, yeah. That shirt's up at nodunks.com. And we'll have many, many more tees eventually coming. But we'll start with this one. Guys, we got worst of the week today. We'll fire the pun gun. Tweet of the night. Rapid fire fun as we wrap up this week. But let's start with a few true or false questions for you guys. Looking back on the action last night, Nick's head coach, David Fisdale, says he's not concerned with rumors about his potential firing after the Knicks lost 129 to 92 to the Nuggets last night in Madison Square Garden in front of my buddy Grish. Um, (laughs) Quote, I don't care about all of that. I don't even think about that, really, Fizdale said after the game. It was the eighth straight loss for the now 4-18 Knicks. They trailed by 43 points in the fourth quarter. 
three nights after a 44-point loss to the Bucks, and Fisdale said the team's effort was, quote, sickening. True or false? Mm-hmm. Fisdale won't survive the weekend, guys, with the Knicks. Ooh, I think that's true. I know it's I, – I don't like to jump out to conclusions and say, hey, this guy's going to get fired. But uh, apparently the Knicks brass was sitting there in the stands, and according to Ian Begley, they all left before the end of the fourth quarter. They just couldn't stand it. Dolan, Mills, Perry, they got out of there. Don't come back then. <laughs> that's the problem. Not Fisdale. The team is exactly. not good. The team is not good. It's the worst team in the league because of the players, not because of Fisdale. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And, and but two, somebody's got to be the scapegoat. Well, yeah, but they're not going to get much better no matter well, who takes the reins. Yeah, that's the problem here. You fire Fisdale, that doesn't solve anything right now. It's going to have to start at the top. We know Dolan's not going to sell the team, so it has to start with the front office. They've, they've put this team together. They're the ones who are at fault. Yeah, the, You're talking about Stephen Scott? Yeah, I am talking about Stephen Scott because <laughs> because they even admitted it in the summer. They, they said, sorry, fans, we didn't get any good players. Oh, no, but the players we got, they're actually really good. We they're expect actually them to be really, really, good. really, really they good. They all play the same possession, but possession is um, really good. <laughs> Super good. You know, right now, though, it doesn't make any difference who's coaching when you've got a bad roster and players. You know, Marcus Morris before the season said, no one's going to come in and, and punk us. This is old school Knicks. Everyone does. <laughs> yeah, everyone walks in there and does whatever they Everyone's want. Everyone's punking. Well, Morris said that Mills in September said, this is a team New Yorkers are going to like this team. The grittiness of these guys, the toughness of these guys. It's a group of guys that had places they could have gone. They made the decision to come here to New York and play for the Knicks. That was Mills. Well, Morris, Morris did that for sure because he basically reneged on a deal in yeah. San Antonio. And, and to be fair, I actually think he is the type of tough sort of gritty player that Knicks fans would like. But that's it. This team doesn't fight. It doesn't scrap. It's crazy to think they've beaten the Mavericks twice this season. Yeah, uh, and it's nearly a month ago now since they had that in- inspiring win at home over you know Chris Tapp's uh, Mavericks, and since then they won once. And that was against the Cavs. Do you think he's there come Monday, or are we talking about the well, new coach in place? We're talking about Mark Jackson. <laughs> we're talking about Money uh, Mark Jackson. <laughs> I don't know. They play Indiana at yeah. home on Saturday night. They yeah, so if Indiana, if Indiana pumps him, then for sure he's gone. And I, I kind of right. think he's going to be gone anyways, just because the last three coaches that Steve Mills has fired, he's already had to, got to fire three coaches, which is kind of insane. You don't see that from a lot of GMs usually when it's that many. He gone, yeah. but the last three that he did fire all had better records when they were fired than Fizdale does now. The natives are getting restless. Something's got to happen, and like Steve and Scott, they're fine. They're not going anywhere, so uh, it's got to be I actually, Dave. I'm not so sure about that. I think that almost could help Fizdale's chances of surviving this season because I think Mills come the summer – Dolan will be like, okay, well, we got to now move on from him now, too. I, it's possible, though, unless he's – I don't know. Did he have photos of Dolan for all we know? Because they are – you're right. He's uh, sort of – he's surviving. He is the ultimate survivor, uh, <laughs> those guys, Mills specifically. But I, uh, I think you're right if they get punked by the Pacers, if it's a bad 30, 40-point loss again, I don't see how you couldn't change the coach, even if it's not his, his fault. Because something has to change, and you can't change all the players. I know it's the cliche saying. So it's – it's got to be him. But the weird thing is there are a lot of bad teams in the league that there isn't talk about changing their coach. Lloyd Pierce and the Hawks, they just lost 10 games in a row. That's more than the Knicks. No talk about him leaving. Jim Beeline, John Beeline in Cleveland, no talk about him leaving. There's, there's teams that are sort of on that same level. It's only because it's New York. And they shouldn't change the coach. And they shouldn't have other 
prospective free agents look at this situation and be like, oh, they just flipped their coach even though their roster stinks. It's not a good look. People need to look at this organization if you're a prospective player and say, hey, there's some stability there. Obviously, there's not a lot of stability because it's the Knicks, but let the guy coach. This team is 4-18. and 18. Yeah, they win a very low percentage of their games. It's not going to go up. They're not going to win many more games with somebody else. They should just leave him in there. Stability helps. They stunk in the offseason. Yeah, they didn't get Durant and stuff, but it could have been a heck of a lot worse. They could have tr- signed guys to even bigger deals. I, I think you, ju- you, you just make the situation worse by, by firing him. The, the one difference with like a team like the Hawks, though, is these young pieces are not inspiring at all, even in the losses. They really aren't. You know, RJ played well at the start of the season. Haven't heard much from him in a mm-hmm. long time. Knox has been garbage now for a year and a bit. Frank Nilakina, sure, there are flashes, but wow, or does he? You know, does he convince you that this no. guy's a it wasn't a great draft starting pick. point guard? Uh, Mitchell, yeah. Mitchell Robinson yeah. should be in the starting lineup and should be kicking ass. But the front office screwed up, and they signed too many power forwards. And Julius Randle was their little gem that they yeah. signed in the offseason. So he's got to start, but he plays the same position. And, and they're just, they would just clog the lane if him and Mitchell Robinson were in on the floor at the same time. They just And Julius Randle, is, he should be in that six-man role. I think that's, that's where he thrived in New Orleans. They didn't even resign him. I think there may be a reason for that. Like he, he wanted a bigger role. The next said, "Oh, this guy did did some things. He needs to be a backup, really, on a good team." And that's the problem with their entire starting lineup. It's guys who have not really succeeded elsewhere and are are here for one year basically and yeah. are leaving because of all those contracts that they signed them to, which again weren't bad when you look at it because it could have could have been worse. Um, but Mitchell Robinson is a good player. I think he's a young Tyson Chandler like to play. You know, he runs the rim well at both ends. He gets up and contests shots. Throw him the ball, he's going to get it. But when he's coming off the bench in this role, he doesn't seem to have a defined purpose out there. Why not get him out there, start him early, and, and get Taj Gibson to the bench as well. I love Taj, great vet. But he, you got to get your young guys out there. Try something. I mean... They get, they get killed almost from the start. You had last night, for example, Nikola Jokic. We know he gets often beaten in pick and rolls. Why not start then with Robinson in that situation and try something? I don't uh, know. It's just, Zach, it's, Zach Lowe in his article today was pointing out one of the, it was the classic you know 10 things he likes and dislikes, and one of the things he dislikes was you can't play Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle. This speaks to what Tass was saying. Yeah. You can't play them together Yeah, right. at all. They're getting waxed, um, and that's a problem. Yeah, that's I mean, a problem in terms of the how they built the built the roster for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, the roster is messed up. All of their best guys are big guys, and all of their young guys are guards, and they don't play them. Alonzo Trier played like six minutes last night in a 40-point game. I mean, I don't think Alonzo Trier is a, a great player, but he had a decent season last year, and he should at least get some run. Uh, there's nothing is going to change until the top changes, but uh, it was a six-point game in the second quarter last night, and then it was a 17-1 to run in the last six yeah. minutes, and the game was over, and there was no... No way the Knicks were going to come back. So they just they hang their heads when things are going bad. They can't ever put things to a stop. Maybe getting somebody else in there at least re-energizes them for two games. Well, that's the thing. If you look back at their last eight losses, it's wild. I mean, they blew a 17-point lead to Philly. They were down massive to the Spurs. They were down 28. They lost by seven. They had a close game against the Nets. They obviously lost by two. They got crushed by the Raptors, 28-point loss. They blew a 16-point lead to Philly, another one. They gave up an 18-4 run to the Celtics in the fourth quarter to lose that one. 
and then and then these last two where they lost by 44 to Milwaukee and 37 last night to the Nuggets. And that's where you can blame Fizdale sure. to some degree. Hey, they have no identity. Uh, they don't really scramble on the defensive end. They don't fight hard a lot of the time. But they get out to these big leads, and, and yeah, I guess they just don't know who they are coming out of the locker room, and, and that's partly on the coach. That's that's totally true. That. I just wonder. I just wonder if Phil Jackson walked through that door. Oh, you don't want to invite Phil Jackson to the Knicks. If if somebody (laughs) else walked through that door, what are they going to do with this roster? No, you're right. I don't think uh, anyone thinks they're going to rip off a 10-game winning streak no matter who takes them over. I mean, almost at this point, I want Fisdale put out of his misery. I mean, this guy, like, yeah. he he's got a crap slow. squad. He's obviously got a crap organization. Look, he ma- and, and, and he made this bet. He, he got a lie in it, but... Uh, you know he's talking. He's talking after the. He's talking. <laughs> hey, I'm, the, I'm walking and talking here. Um, he said, uh, "Quote: We had a hell of a practice before this game last night." I mean, this is the point where he's at now. He's like, "Look, we had. A, I thought we had a great practice. I thought we were going to have a bit of effort here tonight, and still they lose by 37." I mean, their guards are struggling, and when you have bad guards in the NBA, it's going to be a big problem. <laughs> you know, you, they, they're not that good. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, the whole thing with this Knicks team is that they're not that good. Uh, the crazy part I saw. You know, to go along with this, Stefan Bondi of the Daily News, he had a headline that said, Adam Silver says he will not step in to fix the Knicks. Uh, (laughs) It's actually an interesting article because he points out in it that when the Garden was at a a different low point, not that long ago, obviously, uh, then-NBA Commissioner David Stern reportedly lobbied James Dolan to strip Isaiah Thomas of his responsibilities and hire Donnie Walsh as team president. And, And the Walsh reign was a little encouraging until his departure, um, but Silver says he's not going to be doing any of that, whether that was even Why true not? or not. He, he did with the 76ers. This is exactly what happened with the 76ers. Sam Hinkie was there for four seasons. They were blatantly tanking for four seasons, and he stepped in and said, you have to hire Brian Colangelo. And Brian Colangelo fired uh, Sam Hinkie within a season. So this has been 20 years now for the Knicks of being terrible. The difference is that they are not going out and out tanking. They're no, trying to sign they're, people. Yeah, they're just bad. Yeah, so I don't know. Can you step in for somebody who is intentionally bad versus somebody who is unintentionally bad? <laughs> I guess unintentionally bad is worse because it lasts longer. That was whole, Sam Hinkie's whole point. It's like these incompetent franchises are bad without trying to be. He was out there purposely trying to make the team bad to get high draft picks and it worked. But... I think Adam Silver's going, it's Dolan. We've got to get rid of Dolan, but how does he do that? He can't. He no. knows he can't He can't just force him out. Oh, he works for Dolan. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So he can't do that, you know, short of a, a Donald Sterling type of catastrophe. So he knows that, like, there's not, not... Also, why is Dolan... Why is he going to get rid of this team? No, of course. It's still a money-making machine. Why Why would he ever get rid of it? That's and what also, I don't get. Also, that would be an acceptance of, like, all right... I messed this up. I can't fix it. I think he still thinks he can fix it. Yeah, he's like, I, if I just wait this out long enough, we're yeah. eventually going to fall into a good team. Somebody, yeah, yeah, or a, yeah, or a good GM or a good you know star player to save us, like whatever. And then and then yeah, I'll still be here, and you'll have to give me some some credit for for turning it around. I guess yeah. like that Adam Silver, the things he was saying to me did not make any sense. First of all, the hinky thing. It's like if you if you did it with this same in the exact same scenario. Why are you not doing it with the Knicks? It's because it's the Knicks. And then he also goes on to say that market size is less significant these days, and that's completely untrue as well. Kawhi Leonard signed with L.A. LeBron James signed with L.A. Kevin Durant went to New York. Kyrie Irving went to New York. The Knicks are still on national TV all the time. (laughs) Clearly you do care about market size, so stop lying to us, Adam. (laughs) He also probably is like, I'm not fixing it. How am I supposed to fix it? I mean, they got no good players on that team. 
You know, what are you going to do? Make trades? Hey. Put a Colangelo in there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a disaster. And it's it's embarrassing because it's um, it does it seems to be getting worse. Yeah. That's, that's the, you know, it, there's no like, oh, maybe they're going to turn. You, you yeah, know, they ha- it's like, okay, they've they've had to have hit rock bottom. Yeah. And they somehow keep going Because I deeper. think when, when Dolan hired Phil Jackson, that was a moment where he was actually saying, I'm staying right out of it. Phil can do whatever Phil thinks is right. And that didn't really work. I mean, the Porzingis draft pick, yes, that was the right thing. But then well, they was, traded him away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but uh, Phil didn't trade him away, did he? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Uh, but but that's the thing is, is I think Dolan actually tried to say, because you heard him on radio at times saying, you know, I'm not involved. It's Phil. Phil makes all the, all the decisions. And you thought there was perhaps some turning around then of the team of the franchise but again that ended in disaster basically he fired him just after he uh picked up the last two years of his contract or something for 25 million so um you know you say it's a money maker and it's true it is it is but how much must they have just squandered on on nothing over the years and paying out people in contracts that are, you know just don't work yeah and you've got some connections lee let's get let's find out the books no, he, he, my, my connection's not there anymore i found out too so he oh. didn't even... that's why you've been speaking freely about it's the open Knicks. season i was on the wondering Knicks. why yeah. you were so yeah. candid oh, yeah. you must have just found out before the show uh, I, found, I found out a couple of weeks ago wow yeah. okay I, I bundy did have an interesting uh line in that article about silver not gonna be uh, you know bailing out the knicks or stepping in to fix the Knicks. If you take James Dolan out of the equation, okay, that's not happening, but let's say you did, or let's say Dolan is like, He's gone, and he's got a uh, he's got a gig with uh, JD and the Straight Shot for uh, it's a tour. Fi- it's a five year tour. Yeah, he's gone. All right, Ooh. it's in Europe. Yeah, is running the Knicks an intriguing job? And, and uh, is it is there is it potentially set up for success because the the franchise at least has a draft its draft picks? They have two first rounders from Dallas. Um, even though the Mavericks obviously are, are looking good now because <laughs> they added Porzingis with Luca there, you got cap flexibility. Is it? Does it look like it could be a, a an intriguing job for a GM to come in? Hundred percent. Yeah. With that enormous caveat though, Dolan. Dolan's not there. Yeah, but everybody takes the job. Phil Jackson took the job. Definitely. There are thirty of those jobs in the NBA, and like yeah. you said, Skeets, they they've got all their picks. They could have messed this up a lot, lot worse. They they always <laughs> trade their picks. Until now, but until say, this uh, this leadership. So to, that that is something that they're doing. To say that everyone takes this job, I mean, I don't think they can entice Masai Ujiri. No, yeah, I wouldn't say every every single but person. No, but just, like uh, a big a big name can will will take this job. I would say maybe Masai Ujiri. I mean, yeah, Masai Ujiri is not leaving Toronto. No, yeah, yeah, okay. but that's that's my He's, point though. Like now, I think they're reaching the point where I think people are like, I'm not sure if I want that job. Yeah, I'm not sure if I want it because Scott Perry was highly. Regarded when they when they poached him from the Kings, yep. it was like, oh, they got Perry. He had a pretty good track record yeah. there in Sacramento, and now it's like he he should be out. You don't think a guy on Scott Perry's level will take this job? Like, uh, I don't know, somebody, <laughs> well, that's somebody what, that we've that's, never heard of that's, that's in a front office. Well, okay, somewhere. if you've never been, if you never heard of, but if you're an established GM right now or a president, I don't think it's that attractive. I don't think so because I think it's only going to damage your reputation while the current ownership is still in place. We'll see. Let's hear from you guys out there. Hashtag no dunks at no dunks inc. Is Fizdale going to survive the weekend? Like because we said, Phil, he got Phil, one home game and then they go on the road. Phil trip. Jackson's reputation was in tatters when he left. You know, and he came in and it was like, you know, former Nick, you know, all that success with the Bulls and the Lakers. He's not, he's not going to mingle with the coaching. Um, but instead, it was like, oh my God, he was a disaster. I mean, he did that to himself. To, you know, to but, but again, it's that environment, though, isn't it? 
being in New York, it sort of, it, of seems yeah. to spit everybody out. Crazy. All right, let's look, keep just look at the roster. One quick sec, okay? <laughs> okay. Well, Nate, the, all these guys have been discarded by teams prior to coming here, right? Yeah. They, other than the guys that they drafted, these guys are have been flicked away from the teams that they were previously on. Julius Randle, Laker, and Pelican. Bobby Porter's a bull. See you later. Alfred Payton, a magic, a son. See you later. Dennis Smith traded from the mask because they didn't want him. And then there's some guys that would be on any roster. Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington, even Marcus Morris. Right. Some vets. But there's nobody good. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody good. Austin Carr said it on a broadcast. This is a team full of rejects. Yeah. That's that's another team's broadcaster calling you out, and that happened over a month ago. But Adam if, Silver, you're asleep at the wheel. Get Steven Scott out of here. <laughs> Steven Scott, that's my dad and my uncle. They were roommates in college. It didn't work. It didn't work out. They had to split up. Yeah. If you compare that, though, to the Nets last season and the last couple of seasons, there have been a lot of reject players who have actually done well. You know, So it's the environment as much as anything yeah. else. Look at D'Angelo Russell. He was cast away and turned into an all-star. Spencer Dinwiddie got a... He came from the G League, got a really nice contract as a very important player on yeah, that team. That's player development, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah no, and that, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, it's I, the, the Knicks, you go there and things go bad, but if you go to another team, you can perhaps turn it around. And, and that's yeah. what Mills was trying to sell everybody after they struck out on KD and Kyrie, this idea of, like, these gritty players, these sort of rejected guys, yeah. they got a chip on their shoulder, they're coming to New York City, baby. <laughs> and <laughs> like Austin Powers visiting New York City. <laughs> New York City, baby, <laughs> Atrocious at accents. Um, worse than Lee. Um, but, you know, that, but that's not, they're not playing like that because they're getting waxed. They're 24th defensively. They're even worse offensively. They're dead last. And then again, I keep pairing it with their, their picks because of coaching decisions for sure, because of the structure of the roster for sure. There is not even, I can't even get excited about their young guys because either their young guys are just straight up bad. Or it's because of the environment and the minutes and the guys they're playing with and the roles they're given or not given that they're they're being suffocated, right? That's the that's the big big concern. That's why when the Porzingis was an All Star, it was at least like, yeah, the Knicks still sort of suck, but wow, at least they got a guy. That guy mm-hmm. looks good, and that guy's like a twenty and ten guy. They drafted a good one, then yeah. they traded him. Yeah, I know, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, let's keep it moving here. The Raptors. Last night, determined to double-team James Harden on Thursday. And by God, did they ever. The only problem, the rest of the Rockets made sure that strategy really didn't pay off. Ben McLemore had a season-high 28 points. P.J. Tucker added 18. Dan Wellhouse Jr. scored 16. As Houston handed Toronto its second consecutive home loss, the Rockets ended up with 22 made threes, 22 for 55 from three-point land. A good chunk of those wide-open threes from the corner because of how the Raptors uh, were, were playing. James Harden, doubling him as soon as he crossed the half-court line. And that left a lot of, obviously, open shooters. And they let it fly, and they knocked down 22, and they got the win. True or false? Nick Nurse's defensive game plan, game plan on Harden, it backfired. It's, I, I think that's false. Well, I, I'd say it's true because they lost the game. Yeah, but I think they lost the game because, yeah, they go double Harden, and then they weren't ready to rotate, and guys got 20 offensive rebounds on them Be- mm-hmm. because so in part and parcel yeah you you double you leave guys open for offensive rebounds in a way you know you're, you're just not you don't have a body on them like you would if you're playing man but that's effort they've done it to Lillard they've done it to Trey Young 
they do it to superstars, and they play harder on the defensive end. This Rockets team came off that Spurs loss and that that very embarrassing situation with the missed dunk, and they played a great game. They played awesome. They played hard. So I, I think they just got outplayed. I think the Raptors got outplayed. They were watchable last night, the Rockets. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing that ball move around. Uh, it, it really did because Harden would get doubled. Yeah. He'd make the right play. I mean, credit to Harden. He wasn't forcing things. Mm-hmm. He was recognizing this funky defense, as it was called, this very aggressive high uh, doubling. It was, you know, usually OG or Norm on him. And then here comes Van Vliet or Lowry at the top or whatever. And he would make, a, you know, a nice little pocket pass to a guy in the middle. And then it was really like four on three sort of type of basketball. Mm-hmm. And you're right, the ball was moving. It, it moved a lot more because of just the way the defense was playing. Guys knew the ball was coming to them, yeah. and they were knocking down shots. House, uh, Austin Rivers, uh, P.J. Tucker hit a couple. And you always thought, you know, he had to say. Ben you know, Macklemore. Macklemore oh, had his, maybe his best game but, of his but, career. Like, he, he was wide open most but, of the time. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, that, that's, that's what they were, were, Nick Nurse was prepared to get beaten by. It was yeah. like, all right, everyone else, if they can yeah. knock down those yeah. shots tip your hat to them yeah, and I they mean, did 13 threes from Macklemore and PJ Tucker that's a game for a lot of teams right 13 made threes yeah. in a game so I would take my chances with Ben Macklemore beating me rather than James Harden 100 percent yeah and that, that sometimes that's would that happen again maybe maybe not but I, I'm, uh, I would, yeah when you're that wide open I mean, would we, you have we that talked much? about it these guys don't miss threes in warm-up those yeah. were basically warm-up shots for a lot of these guys yeah but because there was no one near them because uh, that's what they chose to play yeah but Ben Macklemore I mean what's he shooting on the season I, I don't have his numbers here but well, I know, I know he probably shoots like 70% when he's wide open from three. Yeah, but why did that, why did that work against the Blazers? Why did that work against Trey Young? Because they, I, I think they just they played harder when they had to rotate. I think that was, that was the biggest thing to me. You can't, you can't allow 20 offensive rebounds. Yeah, that was killer. There were six times that the uh, Rockets got an offensive rebound, and then that led to a three. It's the best time for a three. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. crunched up in there. Somebody's going to be wide open. It was uh, – it was interesting to watch this game. It was uh, I, I called it like watching a college basketball game because there was, of course, there's so many threes and then this. Yeah, just but they were making defense. threes. Is yeah, the difference. They, yeah. Were, they were making them unlike college. Yeah, but just like the idea of like a really, you know, it's the NBA. We watch a million games. It's pretty, you know, uh, sim- similar from night in to night out. Like what really teams are playing for the most part. So to see that very, very, uh, again, funky type of uh, aggressive defense. It was just unique, uh, like where they were putting it on him. Like he would cross the mm-hmm. line, and you'd see Fred go like, "All right, I'm mm-hmm. leaving my guy here, and I'm running ten feet to go and just just get the ball out of Harden's hands." And again, he he was fine moving it. And Harden shot seven of eleven, his fewest attempts this season. Yeah, he only incredible. had six free throws, <laughs> but obviously was like the. You know, he had the hockey assist last night. A lot of those would go to the guy in the middle, and then that guy in the sort of dream on green roll would would move the ball to a corner and then a pretty open shot. Mm-hmm. And they were knocking down enough of them. And we had some laughs. Everybody had some laughs at James Harden saying, they're double-teaming me at half court. I'm the first guy to ever be double-teamed. <laughs> what are you talking about? But this is pretty unique that teams are trying to pick him up almost before he even gets the half court saying, literally anybody else do something to beat mm-hmm. us. They're challenging Westbrook to be a playmaker, to be a secondary playmaker. He's going to have the opportunities, and he hasn't been great at it yet. I just think it's uh, it's odd for him to be attacking and having so much space because as soon as he catches the ball, he's like, I'm going as fast as I possibly can. And there's got to be a little bit of craft in there to figure out how to manipulate an open defense. For the record, though, Ben McLemore, just 35.8% on wide open threes mm. so far this season. Take your chances yeah, with Ben yeah, McLemore. Uh, there's a reason he was almost out of the yeah, league. I mean, that's the thing. He, he still went 8 for 17 last night. I mean, great. Like, 
you, you knock down eight threes. But if he can do that every night, then the Rockets become a better team. But I don't think he can. You think we'll see this again then? I think so. I think so. I think teams would, would take their chances like that. Um, but also, James Harden, I mean, he, he didn't seem to... Um, last night, he didn't seem to go, you know what, I'm only going to get maybe 20-25 tonight. I've got to make sure I keep my average up. He did actually look for the win more so than his own numbers, oh, I felt. 100%. 100%. That's that's all, that's I thought all. he played great. <laughs> he did. He just and passed. Defensively, actually, a couple of times, he was very good on the low block there against Seattle. He is good defensively yeah. on He's the got block. That big you can't score on him. boost. Yeah. You know, he's got a boost. He's got a boost. And and you saw Siakam wasn't able to get into those little spinny, flippy moves that he does a lot. There was a couple of calls, maybe, maybe. But I, I didn't, you know, I know on the call, uh, Matt and uh, Leo were sort of talking about it. it Jack. Or Jack, sorry. But I thought there was good body play there from Harden. Um, and, and he was holding his ground. And Siakam just wasn't able to sort of move him out the way. So. Uh, I will say, Skeetsy said it was interesting watching Harden. It's always, it's... The Westbrook experiment is also interesting. Like you said, Trey, he just wants to go 100 miles an hour. But he finds guys he had 11 assists, but he also turns it over. Like He, he, did, he can't find in between. They still win this game even though he can't shoot. He shot oh. 7 of 27. He shot 25% from the floor because he can't shoot. It's he's, so weird. It's so weird watching Russell Westbrook he's play. He's 14 for 57 in his last two games. 1 for 12 from 3. Maybe that's the solution. You just double Harden with Westbrook's guy and just let him shoot. That's it. Guard everybody else. But he's had triple-double in both games. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because he can can find guys and because of his speed, he will get to spots. But his confidence is shot. He is. They're leaving him like Nick Nurse, other coaches are leaving him wide open. Yeah, like, and it's it used turning to be, Tony Allen-esque. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is so strange. And, and right now, I mean, that is the defense. That's the <laughs> smartest defense you can play. Uh, Fred Van Vliet does agree with you guys about, like, the, the defensive game plan um, that, you know, it's it's a sound idea, and they just did hit a lot of shots. He said, quote, this was one of the things that just didn't go our way. If we would have scored 11 more points, we'd be geniuses, and the defense would have been the best thing in the world. We'd be hardened stoppers. <laughs> I love Fred VanVleet. The man, the man will speak the truth. He also said, "I wish I could draw files like James Harden." I don't see why everybody hates it. Yeah. The guy's awesome. Are you a Fred head? I'm a Fred head for sure. <laughs> uh, fascinating game. Highly recommend you go you know at least the watch part, the highlights. The best part about watching that game, I watched it on. It was on NBA TV here in the yep. states. No ticker. Is this new? This is a, as first game I've seen in a while. There was no ticker. You mean no score bug? Like there, there was no NBA oh, TV I didn't ticker. Even notice. I was watching. It was a clean TSN feed with Jack and and uh, the Matt. tablet. Yeah, huh. it was did, awesome. I didn't notice it's it. Like I was sitting in Toronto watching uh, the Raptors. I'm gonna great. guess it was a malfunction on NBA TV's part. They yeah, couldn't probably. figure out how to get the uh, the ticker up. Because I also saw a little flash to the Washington Denver game. That wasn't supposed to be. There. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but pro- I, I hate the ticker. I know you. You hate. You hate I that. Mean, it's I'm a, no, I'm alone. Yeah. It no, you're not alone. I squeeze. It squeezes the image, and I, I find it borderline unwatchable. I no, you're not alone because <laughs> I saw somebody up. say that a week ago that yeah. the, the pictures changed, but it doesn't really bother me. I guess I'm just. You I like, I you like the fat boys. I, I like the fatties. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing up the booze. <laughs> Let's get to worst of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst of the week. Second runner-up, Frank Kaminsky. As the Suns forward hit a layup, he yelled out, And one! Because he thought he was fouled. Well, that happens all the time. But no one was ready for Frank the Tank's 
voice and how it sounded. Take a listen. To Booker. Booker to Kaminsky. <laughs> it just doesn't happen on an NBA court. It's so the mics are amazing. One more time, JD. Amazing. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's even funnier picturing Frank Kaminsky's <laughs> and his uh, very unique look yelling that yeah. and cracking. Frank the Tank. <laughs> Fitting nickname? No. Coming into his own back-to-back 20-point games. The Arboretum is flourishing, coming into his own and coming into puberty. You'll love to hear it. <laughs> that was a great roll to the hoop. I don't I don't think I've seen Frank do that prior to this season. Like it was a, like His feet were quick. Call for the ball, bang, beat the guy, beat the rotation. It was nice. And then... Uh, First runner up, the Wizards, Isaiah Thomas. Play was starting, and Orlando's Markel Fultz bent down to tie his shoe. And Isaiah Thomas also reached down to Fultz's shoe to prevent Markel from tying up his laces. That's very dangerous, right, Lee? We've said in the past, you can't (laughs) untie a guy's shoe. 50 grand, it cost JR, I think, didn't it? Way back when, yeah. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas got off scot-free, apparently, (laughs) because I guess Markel, he was able to tie it. It wasn't at the free throw line the way JR's was way back when. You know, that was a lineup for a free throw, so that was very evident. Markel Fultz able to tie his shoe and then run right past Isaiah Thomas because he was bent over. Dumb well, move. What was crazy about that, a little bit later in that game, Isaiah Thomas loses his shoe mm. and, and like, was playing defense with the, the ball, the shoe, excuse me, in his hand and actually put his shoe on while the game was still going on, while they were in defensive, you know, um, yeah, like set up, yeah. and he's playing D. It was incredible. And then he came down and hit a three. And then he hit a three. Mm. Yeah, that was insane. Crazy stuff. How loose was his shoe though to be able to like one, it falls off. Okay, that happens every once in a while. But to slide it back on, lace is tied up. That's loose. No hand on Tighten it. Up. Just just foot in. He just sort of like dropped, it's an UG. Yeah, he just like <laughs> like a, it was like a slippery. Just like an UG. Jammed his foot. Crazy, because a lot of the times you see KD lose his shoe. <laughs> yeah, he's able to slide slip it back on without untying them. Yeah, so that's what happened. Yeah. It's because he's got skeet's feet, I think. I think got, so. He's got some narrows. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> skeet's feet. <laughs> the winner this week, the referees. Mm. We saw the LeBron stroll with the ball, or with his hand under the ball. Uh, the James Harden dunk wasn't counted. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Just, just Those are two very egregious examples, so it's got to go to the referees. But we're done talking about the stripes for this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, let's put the coaches challenge right now in our in memoriam. Mm, yeah, um, let's do at it at the end of the season because that's where it's going to go. All right, mm. refs take it home. Worst of the week. We got a little news here in the pun gun still, but first let's talk shoes. So I'm on StockX.com this morning. You may have heard of it. It's a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. As you know, I'm looking to score myself a pair of Christian Louboutin Socate <laughs> pumps. Well, guess what? They're not on there. Mm. Bummer. Good news is, when I finally do get them, there is a veritable cornucopia of handbags I can choose from on StockX that will go very nicely with my new pumps. And I will be purchasing that handbag with confidence. StockX ensures authenticity every item bought or sold on StockX is carefully inspected by hand to ensure it's 100% legit StockX has removed all the risk from buying and selling online so check out stockx.com slash bball for a surprise offer that won't be around long that's stockx.com slash bball check it out today 
Some news, guys. According to Woj, the Trailblazers will amend Carmelo Anthony's contract so that it becomes fully guaranteed for the remainder of the season. Portland had until January 7th to guarantee the full $2.15 million contract. What do you guys think? No-brainer? Not a shock here that the uh, Blazers are fully guaranteeing that contract for Melo? No player of the week awards before they sign Melo, <laughs> one after. I think it's obvious why they need to keep him around. He has given them a boost. He soaks up possessions. He's playing a position of need. You're not seeing more Mario Hazonia. You're not seeing more Scalabissier. You're seeing way less Anthony Tolliver. So, yeah, keeping Melo around. Smart move for the Blazers. Smart to bring him in. Just get the emotional boost. Mm-hmm. That's all he's done. I mean, you can't imagine if, uh, if the Blazers were to wave him right now that Melo wouldn't find himself on another team. Right. Right. You know? So the Blazers need all the help they can get. We know he has defensive struggles, but offensively he has eased some of the uh, pressure. Ease. But that, and that is, that's an interesting point. He, he's averaging 17 points per game, about six boards, nearly two assists per game. That's great. They're 4-4 four and four since he signed them. Now, part of that was Lillard obviously coming back to the lineup too, but that's, that's good. That's solid. You can't, though, even say, yeah, he gets those numbers, but they're worse when he's out there. He kills them defensively. Right now, the Blazers have been plus 14.2 per 100 possessions when he's out there, when Melo's out there. So you know what? You can't, you know, the, the stack geeks can't even be like, yeah, he's still, exactly. he's still hurting them. He's not hurting them. He's been great and uh, has obviously shocked a lot of people mm-hmm. with his uh, contributions right away. So Blazers, sign him for the rest of the year. That's a, that's a no-brainer. Our next one, we have our second Zion Williamson update of the week. David Griffin, the Pelicans' VP of Basketball Ops, says Zion's return to the floor will be heavily monitored. Quote, he very likely likely will not be asked to take the pounding of back-to-backs initially. There will be a sort of ramp up for him to getting back to where you would call him full strength, and he's certainly going to be playing. He's certainly going to be playing. And we're trying to win basketball games, he, Griff later said. Quite frankly, we've done a horrible job of that, that last part. Winning basketball games, uh, they lost again. Their seventh, I think, uh, lost in a row last night on Thursday to the Suns in overtime, one thirty-nine to one thirty-two. But I wanted to include this because remember I was like asking, what the heck were those metrics that he's got to hit? Well, Griff did say <laughs> if we get outside the eight weeks, it's because he didn't meet the knee strength metrics. Hmm. Hmm. So a little hmm. specific there hmm. with the knee injury, knee strength metrics. But they're going to be careful with the number one pick. I don't think anybody's shocked by this. No, but I'm glad that he's David Griffin saying he's going to play when he's ready to go because we talked about potentially will, would they maybe try to just push this back and back and back and then he misses the yeah, season. But it sounds like he, From what Griff is yeah. saying there, they want him on the floor this season and they want him on there as soon as he's pretty much healthy and ready to go. Can we just make sure that the building's not on fire? <laughs> I don't know if everyone listening can hear the fire trucks in the background screaming by the window. I guess we're good. Okay, good. Well, two things. Uh, David Griffin really opens up a can of worms by saying he's got to meet the knee metrics, right? Now reporters are just going to be like, digging. How's that knee strength? Yeah, f- trying to figure it out. What, what, what's up with those metrics? Let's get those metrics, man. Where's the metric, man? Uh, also, I think he, he feels very confident and secure in his job when he says, and quite frankly, we've done a horrible, <laughs> horrible job oh, of yeah. winning basketball <laughs> yeah, games. Yeah. Good for D. Griff. He's comfortable in his role. For sure. Uh Booker was big in that game, by the way. Broke out of a slump last night. 21 of his season-high 44 points in the third quarter. Rubio making plays in overtime. Pelicans had a chance to win it at the end of regulation. Brandon Ingram got a decent look. You know, Mm. a little uh, baseline sort of jumper. 
created some space, rised up. He had a big old bandage on the mm. head. You see his head bounce Whoa. off the floor. Yeah, Darius Sarge, God, had the stitches. Uh, but it didn't drop, and then they went on to lose in overtime. Uh, seven losses in a row. They they have been – it's they've been disappointing. Their, their win-loss record, for sure, even without Zion Williamson, I think we thought maybe they'd be a little bit better. And they've been banged up. There's been guys in and out of the lineup, like, all season long, even, the, even though they got the new um, new training staff, athletic uh, crew there from the Suns. But, yeah, it's a bad record, and it's a bit of a bummer of a season. Yeah, because Zion's not going to turn this season around for them. Probably not. You wouldn't think. Uh, if they can somehow make it back to 500, I think that would be a successful season. But that's uh, that's oh, a that's a big I would agree ask. with that. Yeah, Ten games over for yeah. the last uh, three quarters of the season. Yeah. That would be nice. Uh, at least Brandon Ingram has been good. He's been the bright yeah. spot for them, no doubt. Uh, he's given him more, I think, than people were probably anticipating coming from the Lakers. Again, as long as you have that bright spot, it's not that bad. Doesn't matter. Yeah. The expectations were gone as soon as Zion went out for six to eight weeks. So to have a guy who's performing well, even if others aren't, it kind of overshadows things. Let's get to Pun Gun. It's Pun Gun time. So Kevin from New Jersey sent in a text thread of him and his buddies firing off some tasty puns. You love to see it. They were inspired by seeing a picture of a bunk bed with a basketball hoop attached to it. They came up with some pretty good NBA bedtime puns, mm. like Carlos Snoozer. So let me hear yours. Oh. Sleepy Floyd. Oh, easy one. Mattress Harpring. Oh, Mattress Harp Spring. <laughs> Silent Greg Kite. Silent Greg Knight, whatever. Very good. Uh, uh, Jeremy Linens. Great. Do do duvet duvet. Give me a duvet. Who's got a duvet out there? There's a there's a Duval that played yeah. a handful of games, isn't it? Yeah. Too bad this isn't a golf podcast. Yeah. We can talk about David Duvet. <laughs> Robert Duvet. Uh, ben Mecklesnore. <laughs> um, Sleepy Floyd. That was the first one. Ty- Damn! I wasn't paying attention. Tyrod uh, Newble. Paolo. Pa- Pillow Paolo Gasol. <laughs> Pillow, Pillow. Yeah. Pillow Williams. Jan <laughs> uh, oh. Livingston. Oh, Jan Mahinmi. Oh, That's his wow. Name. Nice one. Yeah. Uh, what else uh, do you do? Fred Bedsheet. Yeah. Sleep at Fred me injury. <laughs> Fred Bedsheet is good. <laughs> Drool Holiday. I like that one. <laughs> Great. Uh, Thanks, Sean. And not Sean. What's his name? Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. Matt Trey's young. Matt. Matt Trey's stupid. Montrez Harrell. Sleep apnea. I like it. I like the hell one. Yeah. Nice. Finally got one. Jeez. After the music stopped. That sucks. <laughs> All right. Montrez is a hero. That's funny. Let's get to Tweet, tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet. Ah. So on yesterday's show, we were talking about how LeBron James caught some heat for walking onto the court in his socks. Mm -hmm. In his socks! (laughs) The Jazz broadcast team in particular were deeply offended. Well, yesterday on Instagram, LeBron James responded. Imagine doing your job at the highest level to where you're not needed anymore. Giving your shoes to a little girl and boy who you inspire and hope you made proud that night. Then cheering on your teammates because you love seeing them succeed more than yourself, only to be criticized while doing it. People, it's the world we live in, and you can't 
ever let it stop you from your purpose in life. Negativity, bad energy, hate, envy, etc. will try to bring you down throughout your journey, and it's up to you on how to handle it. I handle it by simply saying thank you with a smile on my face and continue to push forward while doing it. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> it's beautiful. Okay, so that's an Instagram. So that's post. an Instagram. That is not the tweet of the night. The tweet of the night comes from our very own Lee Ellis. <laughs> oh my goodness. Who responded to LeBron's response <laughs> with this LeBron to the Sockgate haters. You grow up, you work half a century, you get a golden handshake, you rest a couple of years, and you're dead. And the only thing that makes that crazy ride worthwhile is did I enjoy it? Yeah. What did I learn? What was the point? That's where I come in. You see now I react to people, I make them feel good, make them think that anything's possible, yeah? If I make them laugh along the way, sue me. Yeah? And I don't do it so they turn around and go, oh, thank you, David, for the opportunity. Thank you for the wisdom. Thank you for the laughs. I do it so one day someone will go, there goes David Brent. I must remember to thank him. That's so good. That's oh, so good. Uh, well done, Lee. Thank you for playing David Brent on this show. That's, yeah, That's great. The best. I, uh, I was talking about uh, I got BritBox to watch my cores, my Coronation Street. Yeah. Uh, my I just, cores? Did you short <laughs> for them? Cores, yeah, man. Oh. Uh, there's a show on there that I discovered. It's, uh, it was from 2014, and uh, it is a cop show, basically. It's like a reality cop show. It's called 24 Hours... Uh, in police custody. That's the name of the show. That's the name, That's the name wow. of the show. Okay. What's it about? Uh, it's exactly what I just said. Uh, there is a, a detective. His name is Detective Constable Martin Hart. He is the living embodiment of David Brett. You have to check it uh, out. I will. But not a, not a character. Not a character. He's a real guy. Oh, yeah. Episode one of 24 Hours in Police Custody. Uh, you will die, Lee. Uh. You especially. He... When he shows up, you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is brilliant. Anyway. Check it out. Yeah. How was your engagement on that tweet? Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people – what I should have done is put a <laughs> snap a photo of LeBron's In the Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Instagram. That's what I should have done, and then people might have. But I don't think you can put up a photo and a video in a tweet. I don't believe so, so no. <laughs> so it's mm. unfortunate. I, I was hoping people would be able to sort of somehow connect these things. But I then, loved it. I yeah. loved it. Yeah, if you don't – I mean, if you didn't know The Office, the British version, or David Brent, or my affection for David Brent, then it would have been one of the weirdest things you've ever seen tweeted. But it, I mean, LeBron – in reading it and JD, you know, reading it out loud, it's it's got some bread to it <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Like, totally. Hey man, you know, yeah. there goes David Brent. <laughs> there goes LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> I must thank you. Yeah. So I think Kyrie Irving's rubbing off on LeBron James. It's very uh, Kyrie responding to the Boston haters esque. Long captions. That's where it's at. My favorite part is: imagine doing your job at the highest level to where you're not needed anymore, and giving your shoes to a little boy or girl. Imagine our job. Where you're like, well, you know, we've been three quarters of the way through. It's been pretty good. So uh, a couple of kids out there are gonna pop my shoes off, give it to them. I'm out of here. Give Live, them to laugh, the decal love. Girls. Yeah. <laughs> here you go. Here's they don't a, need me. He's a sweaty old, smelly pair of shoes. <laughs> well, congrats on tweet of the night, there, Lily. Oh, thank you. Let's get to the Pick'em results presented by Cash App. Today's Pick and Payoff is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like paying up when you lose a bet that I would not be able to squeeze in a few more cricket names like Saeed Anwar, Fanny de Villiers, Arjuna Ranatunga, Jamin Devas, Ramesh Kalu Vatarana, Surav Ganguly, Havajan Singh... <laughs> 
Basid Ali. But Cash App does way more than that. Cash App is also the easiest way to try and grow your money with their new investing feature. Unlike investing tools that force you to buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way, you can still own a piece of any stock with just $1. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. We are also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you instantly receive 10 bucks, but Cash App will also donate 10 bucks to the ACLU, an amazing organization founded in 1920 that's dedicated to, to defending and preserving the rights and liberties guaranteed to every person in the United States. Don't forget promo code NODUNKS, one word, when you download Cash App from the App Store, Google Play Store today. It's funny you said that about the cricket names, because I just got a text here from Nora. Oh my God, Lee reading cricket names with that music, I am dead. Lee doing it in our Beach Steppin' podcast on Thursday. Also, this note's for you, Tass, I guess. Yeah, this no Mo Verde talk allowed. Uh-oh. 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 I even dropped Mo Verde's real name yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a pod with Nora one day. Just talk to her about her experience following the... Following the show, yeah. yeah. She, Nora gets very upset when we uh, get excited about Mover and uh Instagram stories, Instagram posts. Well, I'm going to take my shoes off and give them to Nora because she's not going to want to listen to the last six to eight minutes of this podcast. Okay, well, let's get to that final six to eight minutes. Uh, but Thursday's game, it was the Rockets-Raptors. Raptors were favored by two and a half. I swerved. I was the only one to take the Rockets on the road. They not only covered, they, of course, got the win. So that's a dub for Skeetsy. That was a win for you. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. No, Doesn't that's work, the opposite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but we knew it was over. We saw James Harden went to Pi in Toronto before the game. They're good to us. They're great They're good to James to Harden. Us. You go there, your team wins. Incredible Thai restaurant in Toronto. I think they sat him oh, at the uh, sure, same yes. table <laughs> that they sat us at. I'm they know sure. that's where the basketball luminaries Yeah, yep. Yeah, they're big basketball fans there. Fans of the show, too. Um, so, yeah, I'm 2-2. Two and two. Trace two and two. Tass, you're you're one and three. You better uh, believe it. Uh, I think we had a typo in our graphic yesterday, so yeah, you're one and three. Lee, you're three and one. Okay, because mm. you guys took the loss. What's tonight's game? Well, it's the battle of the banana boaters. <laughs> LeBron James going up and playing Carmelo Anthony and the Portland Trailblazers. Ex- exciting for them. There's a great piece on the Athletic actually by Jason Quick and Bill Oram. They asked LeBron and Melo the same questions. Heading into last night, conversation is uh, is very, very good. Check that out on The Athletic. This game, Blazers at home, they're four-and-a-half-point dogs. Yeah. So bust out your toes, Trey. Bust out four-and-a-half of your dogs because uh, the Blazers are getting them. <laughs> L.A. into Portland. What do you think? I mean, the, A lot of talk about, yes, the Blazers are better with Melo, blah, 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 blah. Not an easy schedule. I mean, see, not, not a difficult schedule. They haven't played a lot of uh, difficult teams. This is a test. This is a test against the Lakers. Oh, wow. I think the Lakers have got five points in them. I agree. I'm taking the Lakers. I'm a little confused here. Who did I just give my toes to? <laughs> I took out four and a half of my the Blazers. toes. The Blazers. They, they get four and a half extra points. 
so they get the four and a half dogs. <laughs> okay, well, since I'm down four and a half toes, I'm going to go with the Lakers. Also down four and a half toes. <laughs> so to three, cover. three of you are taking the Lakers yeah, on right. their own. I'll swerve again. Give yeah, me the Blazers. Swerve, Give swerve. me the points. Plus four and a half. Feeling good. Let's go, Portland. All right, we're almost done here. we got to wrap up this week with a little rapid fire fun, JD. Oh, yeah, baby. On Monday, while on the bench and looking up at the kiss cam, Yanis Tatakumpo hugged and smooched an imaginary person while sporting Milwaukee's creamy cream city jerseys. It was quite fitting. Name a time you were alone, but wished you weren't, JD. Well, uh, things have changed a little bit in my house. Uh, It used to be I was very, very thankful to be alone watching TV because the kids would sort of take over and I'd be watching, you know, whatever shows that they're watching or whatever they want to watch and I had no interest in. But now we're all watching the same thing, but they're never around because they're doing a show right now. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life at On Stage Atlanta. Tickets available oh. now. Uh, but now I'm sitting there and I can't watch any of the shows that I want to watch. I've been in Canada. I've got this list, a backlog of Watchmen, Mandalorian, His Dark Materials, even Big Mouth I'm not even up to speed mm. on. All of these shows I watch with my, with my kids, so I would prefer that I had them around. So uh. so now when I'm watching TV, I want to have my, my kids and people with me. Your kids watch Big Mouth. You are a saint. I, I honestly think it should be mandatory viewing for all adolescents. There, I said it. Interesting. You're, Maybe I'll show my kids. I mean, they're a little young they're now. Little young. But, uh, <laughs> they're a little young. Your, your youngest son's not even an adolescent quite yet. Not yet. Not yet. But wow. You know. You, know. you got to learn. There's never too early to start learning about sex. <laughs> Maybe Frank Kaminsky should watch Big Mouth. Learn all about puberty. <laughs> Trey. <laughs> time I was alone, but I wished I was. It was game one of the NBA Finals. Wish my bros could have been there with me. First Finals game in Toronto, but more importantly, the first time I ever met Mo Verney. Oh, my <laughs> God. Nora, turn it off. Well, if you could have seen the joy in Mo's face, he came up to me and screamed, Fred Van Vliet! <laughs> he screamed Fred Van Vliet. And Why did he yell hugged. Fred Van Vliet at you? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He just likes him. I like him. I think he's just generally well-liked and, you know, hugged it out, took some pictures, recorded some Instagram videos. Great night for content. Maybe he knew you were both Illinois boys. He very well could have. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I uh, had a big final series. I saw him in game three. It's great. In, go- in, in, uh, in Oakland, in yeah. In Oakland, yeah. Oh, cool. Very, uh, very cool. Skits. <laughs> um... A time when I was alone, wished I wasn't. Probably, and I've talked about this before, I, I spent a good chunk of time when I was uh, just after high school in Australia. After Australia, I went to New Zealand with a friend, and then I eventually went to the Cook Islands for about three to four weeks. It was unbelievable. Cook Islands, incredible, beautiful people. It obviously is amazing. But I was by myself, and it would have been really fun to have a friend or whoever else there with me to experience it. I just started, You started to get a little bored by the end of it, and then I was ready to come home. So the Cook Islands. All right, next one. This one comes in from Joy M. Last week, when it was announced that JD was finally returning to the States, he sang out in happiness. But his singing voice was actually pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, thanks, Joy. This made me think, do any of you other guys have hidden talents that us listeners don't know about? JD. Uh, I've said it before on the show, uh, swimming. Yeah. People oh, look yeah. at me, um, you know. Kind of overweight, got a big old beard to drag me down, but I will smoke anyone in a swimming oh my race. God. Any stroke. Confidence. Any stroke. Any stroke. Wow. Like, let's do an individual medley. I Ooh. will smoke you. <laughs> 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 I mean, I've seen JD do the butterfly stroke, and if, you, if you're if you just That's a tough. common person doing the butterfly stroke, I'm impressed. Yeah. 
My talent that nobody knows about, um, I was the best oboe player in my school in fifth grade. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there was two of us. <laughs> but the other one sucked. <laughs> Gave it up for drums. Way cooler. Haven't played an oboe since, but I probably still got a reed somewhere. Buzz it through. <laughs> Not a fart, okay, people? <laughs> I was an oboe meltdown. Skeets. Uh, I don't know if there's any hidden talents left that I... Uh haven't shared on this podcast over the last 15 years. I feel like you guys know absolutely everything about us. Uh, I, I'm juggling for sure. I can juggle. I've said that before. Mm-hmm. I'm an okay dancer. I don't know if people think I maybe wouldn't be by looking at me, but I'm, I got rhythm. Um, <laughs> but I'll just go with poop, speed, and efficiency. Mm. For sure, it's a, uh, it, it, I don't know, is it a hidden talent? But I'm, I'm, I can crap with the best of them. <laughs> you put JD in the pool against anybody, you put me in the sh- I'm coming out on top. Skeets is on top of the pool. JD's in the pool. (laughs) I'm dropping the kids off at the pool. (laughs) I'm just playing the elbow. (laughs) That was a fart. (laughs) Last one from Luke Reese. A lot of fan uh, submissions this week. No Dunks is the first podcast I've listened to regularly on my commutes, so I'm only now starting to feel comfortable laughing out loud on public transit. The TTC in Toronto, the public transit system there. Nobody talks on the 506. Okay. So when JD first revealed the ultimate goal of achieving a Chikatita sing-along, when JD was a a wedding DJ planner here, I let out a chuckle and I got daggers. My question for you, have you ever laughed out loud at an inappropriate time? JD. Uh, I'm not proud of this, but one time my mom fell down the stairs and I could not stop laughing. Oh. <laughs> and she was uh, she was all she was already convalescing from another fall that she had. Oh like, no! So she is she appeared at the top of the stairs, <laughs> and it was awesome, man. <laughs> so I'm helping her up, and I'm just dying. I'm dying laughing. Oh. I don't know why. Oh, oh. Well, I know why, because it was hilarious. <laughs> she got up, though. Oh, she got She was fine. She okay. was fine. She was fine. <laughs> Good to hear that. Uh, Trey. I was once on a job interview, and I was killing it, crushing it, answering all these questions. feel like I had the job basically locked up, and then the guy says to me, now let's talk a little bit about your duties. And I just lost it. Cracking <laughs> <laughs> up. Duties? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Did you get the job or no? No. Oh, wow. That's because that's actually a plot point from the television show Friends. When Chandler Bean goes in interviews for a job, he can't keep it straight. He says duties. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, I laugh at everything. I'll, I'll laugh at any time. <laughs> Appropriate or not, it doesn't matter. All right, skeets. Okay, grade six. A little story time here. My buddy Dub, Gary, Rob Armstrong was the guy that called me Temper Boy, if you remember, <laughs> uh, and myself. The four of us, we were waiting to perform a scene from Treasure Island at the Kiwanis Festival. Yes, people, I grew up in Stratford. There's a lot of plays. We were waiting in the audience, okay, to go up and do our scene. We were up next. Erin Robertson, a girl that was in our grade, she got up and she was doing a solo act, a solo play, a solo scene, whatever you want to call it. Very emotional. She was, like, talking to her, like, you know, air quotes here, like, to her husband, And she was like, it was really dramatic. She was saying something like, oh, Johnny, oh, Johnny. You know, like super, super dramatic. She was lying on the ground, I remember, like emoting so much pain, begging. This girl was acting her ass off. Oh, Johnny, 
Oh, Johnny. She kept saying, oh, Johnny, I remember. Well, we're a bunch of, uh, we're, we're in the sixth grade, so we're like a bunch of 12-year-olds, super mature at this point. We lose it. Like, we are doing that thing where you get that, like, intense giggles, but you're trying so hard to keep it in, but it's spreading between the guys, and you're, like, trying not to look at each other, and you're in pain. We're trying and trying and trying to keep it in. Of course, I believe it was Gary that first broke, and then once he... Classic Gary. Yeah, classic Gary. He broke. We all broke. We were laughing so uncontrollably that the judge had to stop Aaron mid-performance and ask us to, like, settle down... Gary couldn't. Like, the rest of us sort of did a little bit. We're all laughing. So, Gary was asked to leave. He had to leave the audi- uh, the auditorium. Poor Aaron had to start over. So, we felt, obviously, pretty bad. The best part is, we had to get up next to do our scene of Treasure f***ing Island. Uh, in front of the same judges, Aaron's been bleeding her heart out on stage. And us, you know, twats get up there and we're like, 15 men on a dead man's chest. <laughs> ho, ho, like, a bottle of rum. So... That's basically the story, but the kicker is one of the judges was actor uh, Colm Fior, I believe his name was. Do you remember him? Yeah, it sounds familiar. He was a huge Stratford Festival theater guy. He went on to do <laughs> movies. He was in, like, Face Off, you know, a small role in Face Off. He was in Pearl Harbor. Like, oh, in, I've seen this guy. He was in movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, if you look up Colm Fior, which is a goddamn impossible <laughs> thing to say, um, you, you'll definitely recognize him. But he was one of the judges, uh, and that's the story. What yeah. did he think of your performance? Oh, not he was... It, we could have killed it. We could have knocked it out of the park, but we were such assholes that, like, yeah, we got a bad grade. Mm. And deservedly so. We couldn't keep it together. Oh, Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Oh, we, Johnny. We said, oh, Johnny, for the rest of the year, though. <laughs> and everything. Anytime something was dramatic, we would say, oh, Johnny. And that's it. That's rapid fire. Colm Fiora, 13 year veteran of the Stratford Oh, f- yeah. Legend. Festival. Now. A legend. Probably in everything. He was in, um, it just, just made me think of. When JD said uh, saw his mom be pushed down the stairs, it made me think of House hold of on. Cards. Wait, hold on, she wasn't. No, I, I mean, I mean, no, she wasn't pushed. She fell down the stairs. It made me think of Kevin Spacey pushing somebody in House of Cards down the stairs. I forget the woman's name. And Colm Fior was in House of Cards. Oh, was he in that too? General Brockhart, it says. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's it's been around. He's a legend. And he saw me perform <laughs> Treasure Island. <laughs> Fifteen men on a dead mess. Just <laughs> what year did you say you started? That you were in this? Grade 6. Wow. 93-ish. Oh, that's exactly when his career started. Like, the, oh, I inspired him. Did you inspire him? him? <laughs> <laughs> Probably Maybe, wow. <laughs> Maybe Aaron did. Maybe Aaron did. All right, that's Rapid Fire. That's another week of No Dunks podcast. Guys, remember, the first No Dunks t-shirt now available. NoDunks.com. Go and grab that bad boy. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us all week long. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. Don't forget to rate and review No Dunks on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only, baby. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, the No Dinks podcast series coming soon. Wives of the No Dunkers finally get on the mic. Embrace the weekend, people. You could stay.